Welcome Hope Men. Welcome to the fifth video on our series on breaking pornographic addictions. One of the key things that we keep on coming back to in this short series on breaking pornographic addictions, lusts, and enslavements to the flesh in terms of pornography and masturbation is that our guiding principle and our secret weapon is the Word of God as we rely on the Holy Spirit, trust Jesus Christ, and relate to God through grace and not merit. The Word of God is our tool in fighting sin. I think that if you were to ask most Christians today, what is the number one tool in growing as a Christian? There could be many, many answers and probably many answers given before somebody arcs up and says the Bible is our number one tool. The understanding of the word of God is our number one tool to feeding our soul and giving up sin. If you think that the word of God is simply a book of advice and instructions for you that inform you, then it is likely that you will also think that you don't need it or that you can get good advice elsewhere or that you can get the good advice secondhand from other people or that you can just listen to it on three times speed every now and then and get a whole bunch of it read on your way to work. If you think of the Word of God as a list of instructions like that, then you will relate wrongly to it and not be spiritually nourished, not going to it for your spiritual strength. Because the Word of God is not just logical truths for our information, it is spiritual power for our transformation. It is not just what Paul says, a dead letter, which is lying there in its own truth, black and white objective statements made. It is the living spiritual letter. It is a source of power that God invests his saving and sanctifying power in. So it's not just like a rock which sits there. It is like a seed which has in it the ability to bring forth life and fruit and change and burst with color. There is all sorts of powerful holiness, purification, godliness, spiritual enrichment that is in this word of God. And to break it open and to find its riches and to apply it to yourself is necessary for your spiritual life to grow. And as you do that, as you open it up and eat of it is one of the uh, pictures that we see in scripture. Or as you mine your way through it, God uses it to change you right down to your heart. It is impossible to come to the word of God and have it understood and it not change you. The only way for that to happen is if you are not a Christian. And even the Christians, the Bible shows us, sorry, even the non-Christians are affected by the word of God. They're just affected negatively. The word of God is living and active, sharper than two-edged sword. It cuts right down to divide soul and spirit, bone and marrow. That is what the word of God does. So, of course, I want to point you to Psalm 19. Psalm 19 is a beautiful psalm which shows to us the power and the necessity of the Word of God. Let's bring this back to our fight against pornography. 
if you are fighting and you are losing the fight, if you are engaging in porn and you are not fighting, if you're excusing your sin, wherever you are there, you are feeling the spiritual power and enslavement and the corrupting nature of pornography. How it ruins you, how it corrupts you, how it weakens you. All of that guilt, all of that uh, disgust, that filth, that corruption, all of that is, be is because and coming from the fact that you don't have spiritual strength and nourishment. Think of somebody who's not nourished, think of malnourished, who eats hardly anything or lives their life on, on lollies and sweet treats and salty chips. Um, that person is not only unhealthy because of what they're consuming, but they're vulnerable because of what they're not consuming. They're being made unhealthy because of what they are putting in, like you and the pornography. It's, it's doing things to you that are unhealthy. But it also does not make you healthy and strong to be able to defend against everything else. Pornography, do you know? It is the grenade put into the foundation of your defenses that blows apart all of your fights against sin. Don't tell yourself the lie that you are holy in other areas and you're just struggling with pornography. That is not true. You are blinded by your sin to pornography. And so you are not able to see the lack of holiness that you have in those other areas. And like a Pharisee, you're lying to yourself, saying that you're holy in other areas, just not this sexual area. You are tempted to excuse it. You are tempted to justify it. You are tempted to do all of those things. But what the Word of God will call you to do is realize that you are not spiritually healthy. You are not spiritually mature and you are not spiritually strong if at the moment you have a relationship to pornography that is in any way regular. The Word of God is able, however, to come in and bring the health that you don't currently have, to bring the strength that you don't currently have, to kill and starve out pornography while strengthening goodness and righteousness and holiness in you as you trust Jesus Christ, rely on His Spirit, and come to the Word. Just as we've said, it's impossible to be holy and mature if you still have an ongoing pornography problem, it's also impossible to be mature if you do not have a regular practice of reading your Bible and, in, and feasting on biblical sermons. This would be a word to some of you who are not at Hope, but uh, somewhere else. You need to be somewhere that gives you biblical truth in the sermons, that gives you gospel-rich doctrine, that gives you whole Bible exposition that opens up the Bible for you, explains large sections, gives to you more than a 15-minute uh, little talk on a Sunday morning, but authoritatively, urgently, strongly proclaims to you the Word of God and the promise of the Gospel and commands to you the Word of God, which is your sanctification. If you're not getting that, you're not getting sermons. You're getting a postmodern uh, effeminate version of sermons, you need to leave that place and find a church that will preach to you the truth as it's meant to be proclaimed. But to those of you who are hope men, who are at this church, you need to find yourself regularly, regularly under the preaching of the Word of God. If you struggle with sin, especially uh, this pornographic sin, and you are only finding yourself in church once a Sunday or once every fortnight, 
you need to up the antes. You need to get more word of God into you because you are not currently handling it without it. And you are currently weak and your immune system is low and your spiritual maturity is lacking. So come twice a Sunday. Come every Sunday. Come every day and every service that you possibly can. Unless you're in hospital, dead or dying, be in the house of God to feast on the word of God. Psalm 19, I trust that you're there by now. It reads like this from verse 7 onwards. This is going to explain to us the, the goodness and the good effects of the word of God. The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. Pause there. You might not often think that as you read the word of God and you read the commandments and the law, you might not think that that brings a reviving effect into your soul. You might just think that whenever you read the commandments, whenever you read the law, you just feel depressed. You feel unrevived. You feel destroyed. That is the effect of the law on those who are unrepentant. On those who also have not understood their position in Christ Jesus as having an imputed righteousness before the law. And to those who are not living in the spirit and walking away from the passions of their flesh. However, to those who come, even in your current state, a, a, a sin-sick porn addict, you, you come to the word of God and you start reading it. The word of God and the law of the Lord may sting. It may be painful to read because of how, full, how short you fall. But that is one of the first steps towards God reviving your soul. The revival of the soul means the, the, the giving of life. Right? Viva is that, uh, that, that old word meaning life. To vivify something is to give it life. To revive something is to put life back into it. And this is what the, God, what the Spirit of God does through the Word of God in the children of God. He brings back that life of the Spirit, that life of Jesus Christ into your mortal bodies as we read in Romans 8. He brings that resurrection power into your souls that brings liberty and peace and joy and revival. So your soul is not beyond revival. It can happen. And the commandment is to come to the word of God and read. Going on. He says, the testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The testimony of the Lord probably refers to God's testimonies about what he has done and what has happened. So that when we come to the parts of scripture that are no longer the law but um, that we read first, but now it's the testimony, the, the historical accounts of what God has done, the stories of how God has saved people, of how God redeemed his people from Egypt, of how he rescued them from exile, of how he judged their sin, of how he gave words and visions to the prophets. God's testimonies about what he has done gives to your simple, foolish minds wisdom. The testimony of the Lord is sure. And those who are foolish, and, and the Proverbs show us that the, the foolish man is somebody who is easily tricked and enticed into sexual sin. The man, and if this is you, if you are quickly tempted to look at pornography, if you are easily tipped over the edge to masturbate or to look at um, uh, sexually illicit pictures on social media, or you quickly go and search it, then you are what the Proverbs calls foolish and weak because you're, un, you're not self-controlled. What the promise of God is here, that the word of God, the testimonies of God, the truths of what God has done are able to give you wisdom so that you can see where the enemy is, how he's coming, how he's tempting, 
how he's trying to entice you and you are able to walk away from that sin and follow into wisdom. This is good news. He also says the commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. Pornography, pornography is precisely impurity. It's sexual impurity. It's sexual immorality. It is, it is impure in the very definition of the word. As you look at that, the impurity does not just happen outside of you, but it enters into you through your visual senses. You take that into yourself. It goes into your memories. It goes into how your brain thinks. It goes into how your brain and informs how your brain uh, responds to the female body. Uh, the impurity of pornography is contagious and it impurifies you. The word of God is precisely the opposite. It is pure. It is cleansing. And it is able to have a purifying and cleansing effect on those who come to it. So you open your eyes to the word of God and you seek by the spirit of God to understand it and apply it. Its purity comes into you through your eyes and your understanding and washes you out. It detoxes you of the impurity of pornography. So that if you want to remove those images, if you want to remove those horrible ways of thinking that you have, if you want to realign your very brain itself, if you want to revitalize your mind's ability to think along uh, proper and biblical lines, come to the word of God and spend more time reading this and praying over this than you do watching movies, uh, in, uh, downloading entertainment, and definitely more than you have ever spent looking at pornography. Seek the word of God. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. This is what we spoke about in the uh, previous video. You need to have a good, healthy understanding of the fear of the Lord. You should not think of him as light and easy and, and uh, winking at sin and getting over himself in the New Testament, not being so judgmental. You should consider God as that fearful God who brings judgment and discipline on those who foolishly and proudly remain unrepentant. But that fear of God is good for you. It is clean. It endures forever. It doesn't bring corruption and breaking down. It brings uh, uh, endurance and perseverance in the soul of those who have it. it. says in verse 9, The rules of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. This is what you need. That a righteous standard, a righteous command. You know that your temptations from your lust your passions, your wants, your desires, they are all impure, unrighteous, unjust, evil. And what God is saying is there is a way that you can walk in that which you hunger for, which is righteousness. If you're a born again child of God, you have a heart that desires the righteousness of God. And God is saying in the word comes out as a shining, uh, glorious picture, the righteousness of God in the law, in the gospel, in the promises, in the prophecies, in the uh, ways and testimonies of how God has acted in the past, it's righteousness and it makes us righteous with it because it's powerful. I want to now ask you a question as we look to verse 10 and 11. Do you make excuses for reading the word of God or do you make excuses to neglect the word of God? Many men have very many valid, good 
reasonable excuses as to why they should never read the Bible. They won't say it like that. They'll just say, I'm very busy. I'm very tired. I get up pretty early. I'm up around seven o'clock. I'm up around six o'clock. I'm up around 5.30. You know, I'm bed in, in bed pretty late. I'm only getting about seven, eight hours of sleep. Uh, I have a lot on my plate. I've got a family or I've got a busy work uh, uh, job or I've, I'm studying a lot. There's a, there's a lot that I need to do. Every one of us has an excuse, humanly speaking, not to read the Bible. If the Bible is not powerful for our holiness. If the Bible is powerful to bring about holiness and growth in the Christian life, then there is no excuse that is valid to neglecting it. The Word of God is the power that we... The, the, the powerful tool that God uses to bring spiritual life and vitality and strength and wisdom and joy into our, into our lives. If we neglect it, we are signing ourselves up for failure and we are making a, a, re, a, a reason and an excuse for living in sin um, furthermore. So we need to be those who make excuses to read the Bible. We find the time. We just make the sacrifices we need to make. We watch less TV. We read more Bible. We play less video games. We read more Bible. We download less movies. We read more Bible. We play less board games. We read more Bible. We have less hobbies. We read more Bible. We go to the gym less. We read more Bible. We get less sleep. We read more Bible. That is how we should be thinking. That if any of those things are standing in the way of reading the Bible, then we simply make an excuse for the Bible reading instead of those other things. And I say it that way because so many young men that I talk to, and, other, and, and not even just young men, but often it's young men, will say they need to read the Word of God more, they're struggling with sin and sexual addiction and pornography and things like that. When I ask about their reading habits, they, 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 they say that they don't read the Bible much at all, and, and, and then when we press about it, it's, it's these other things in their life which they are able to find time for. It's the reading of the Word of God, which they're not. They're able to just make sacrifices so that they can get to the gym. They're able to just make sacrifices so that they can watch a movie, go on a date, en engage in the hobbies, play a game. You just make sacrifices for the things you want to do. So it is not a question of time. It is a question of heart. Do you want to do it? Do you will to do it? Do you desire to do it? If you do, you simply make the time and the excuses for obedience. You want to always cut out other things so that obedience goes first. Reading the word of God is most, most important. Verse 10 and 11 says this, More to be desired are they than gold, even much fine gold. The commandments of the Lord should be more desirable to you than riches. If I could offer you a $50,000 promotion at work but you're, per year, but you're not allowed to read your Bible this year, or you have to read your Bible half the amount that you're currently reading it, would you take it? I, I know you're going to say no because you know how the answer to these things goes. But the reality is that men... Go the other way on, on that deal all of the time. I, I can be more productive at work. I can get more money. I can get promoted. 
And sure, if something has to give, it's usually my spiritual disciplines. But the writer of this psalm is saying that the word of God and understanding it, the Bible reading should not replace your job. Let's push against that. The young guys who think they're great Bible students because they don't have a job, they just read their Bible. They're not reading their Bible. They're not reading Proverbs or 1 Thessalonians and 2 Thessalonians, which tell them to get a job and contribute and work. I'm saying that there are things in our life which we should sacrifice and things in our life which we must sacrifice in order to make Bible reading happen. And it's up to each man to figure out how that works. But, but, but often it's sleep. Often guys can just sleep a bit less and read more Bible. And that would be a strength for their day. If they got up half an hour earlier, read half an hour more Bible, they would be stronger in their fight against sin. That's going to be two and a half hours worth of reading the Bible by the end of a five-day week. That's going to be tens upon tens upon tens of hours by the end of of the term. And even more by the end of the year, this is going to be exponential spiritual growth if you just sleep a little bit less. And while many of you say, no, I already get up at seven, which is not early. I already get up at six, which is not that early. If you were to be promised... uh, a shift that day, or if you were to be promised payment in cash to be able to get up earlier, which we all do for our jobs, then you would get up earlier. You would sacrifice sleep for money. So here the point is, if you can sacrifice sleep for money, if you can sacrifice fun for a job and for cash, the word of God is more worth sacrificing for than any of those other things. It is more to be desired than gold, even a lot of fine gold. It is sweeter also than honey and drippings of the honeycomb. This is how we should relate to the word of God. Ultimately desirable, ultimately necessary, ultimately needed for our growth because it is the power of God. Let me take you again. I I, want to give you lots of Bible for this point. Your soul, which is addicted to pornography, is addicted in that way is shaped in that way in all of its cravings because you have not shaped its palate for godliness but have fed the most evil and vile parts of your soul to desire and love pornography. And there is hope. But the hope comes with discipline and discipline around the Word of God. The second psalm that I want to recommend to you and and for those struggling with pornography, this is a psalm that should become a regular you should read through it once a week. You read through it once a month in one sitting if you're able. This should be a frequently um, visited psalm. It is the largest of the psalms. It is Psalm 119. And it is an acrostic poem in the Hebrew alphabet. And it is all about the word of God. Paragraph by paragraph by paragraph. It's basically a love song to the word of God. And in it we see extremely helpful understandings about the relationship of a man with holiness and with godliness and with the word of God. So in verse 9, he asks this all-important question. How can a young man keep his way pure? That should be the question on every young man's heart. How can I keep my way pure? I am surrounded by lusts. I'm surrounded by immorality, surrounded by pornography. It's normalized. It's on the billboards. It's it's all over the social media. I get kicked off Instagram for a day if I say something too harsh against somebody. But if somebody uploads 
uh, near child porn or barely, uh, hardly clothed women all over their page, that can run free, right? We're in an upside down world. We're surrounded by pornography, I know we are. How can a man with sexual energy, with eyes that see and a body that is geared to love the female body, how can I keep myself pure, my whole life and way pure? How can I do that? The answer is by guarding it according to your word. This is a prayer to the Lord. How can a young man keep his way pure? By guarding it according to your word, O oh God. Guarding it. This is not fence posting it. This is not uh, beginning and ending, sandwiching it with the word of God. As if I'll read some at the beginning of my Christian life, I'll read some at the end of my Christian life, and there you go, all the way in between I'll be protected. This is not every now and then uh, bringing the word of God into it to sort of do a checker. This is guarding. This is the idea of armor. I will clothe my life in the word of God, in reading the Bible, in listening to sermons, in going to church, in studying it in groups with people. Clothe your life, guard your way with the word of God, and you will be kept pure. That is the power of the word of God when the spirit is using it in our life. He says in verse 10, with my whole heart, I seek you. Let me not wander from your commandments. I bet you felt that or prayed that in moments of guilt or temptation. You've prayed to the Lord with my whole heart. I want you. And yet there's a part of my heart that wants pornography. This is the prayer of the psalmist. He's saying with my whole heart, I seek you. Please don't let me wander. Please, Lord, keep me by your commandments. Verse 11, this all important verse, he says, I have stored up your word in my heart. That is, I have read it. I have remembered it. I have reminded myself of it. I have memorized it. It's stored up in my heart so that I might not sin against you. The familiarity with the word of God, the understanding of the word of God, the memorizing the word of God, the keeping of the word of God familiar with you and constantly around you by guarding your way according to the word of God, it is built up in your heart. And when temptations come to steal your heart, it's guarded. When temptations come to prick you in the heart, it's guarded. And when Satan comes to tempt you away from the way of the Lord, your way is guarded by the word of God. I would also point out to us uh, verse 25. This, again, is a frequent prayer that we might be praying, that you might be praying in moments of temptation or guilt or right now as you are in the middle of pornographic addiction. You have not yet been delivered. You might pray this in verse 25. My soul clings to the dust. Now, that, that's a picture of a man who is on his belly in the dust and the dirt. Doesn't care what he looks like. Doesn't care that he's in his nice shirt and his good shoes. He is in the ground. He is humble and he is holding on to the dirt. That is how humbled he is. That is how uh, worthless he seems. He says, my soul clings to the dust. My soul is low down. It has been humbled. It has been driven down. Give me life according to your word. 
give me life, give my life back, give my strength back, give my honor back, give my legacy back, give my righteousness back, give my holiness back, give my sanctification back, as your word describes it, as you've promised in your word, in your moments of guilt and humility and shame and repentance, the word of God in your heart is going to bubble up in prayers to the Lord. That is one of the powers of the word of God. Psalm 119 is filled with an amazing uh, theme of continually being in love with the word of God and therefore enabled and empowered to live the way of God. So that you cannot be a mature Christian if you do not have a good relationship and strong reliance on the word of God. Let's also turn, as we close out, to John chapter 17. Our Lord Jesus Christ lived this life of relying on the word of God, of meditating on the word of God, on of uh, memorizing the word of God, and of obeying the word of God. He was himself, in fact, the incarnate word of God, John chapter 1 tells us. And in John chapter 17, we see Jesus in his high priestly prayer, then the, a few hours before he would shed his blood and sacrifice for us, he prays for us. This is a picture of the Old Testament high priest who would take the sacrifice of the animal for all of the people and that they would go and pray over the people and then shed the blood, sprinkle it on the people and go into the holy place and sprinkle some there on the Day of Atonement. That the high priest would sacrifice for the people and he would pray for them that God would be merciful that he would make them holy and cleanse them according to the blood. And what we're seeing is that Jesus is our great high priest. He's the real high priest of our souls. And he, before he went and shed his own blood for us, prayed over us that God would cleanse us, sanctify us and make us holy, that he would have mercy on us. And then he went as the lamb and died. But in that prayer, he prays this in John 17 verse 17. Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. Sanctify them. Make them clean. Make them holy. Make them sanctified in the truth. Sanctify them by the truth, in the truth, with the truth. Use the truth to make them holy. When you understand the truth, you walk in holiness. When you understand the truth, you love holiness. God is, Jesus is praying, make them holy with the truth. And where do we find truth? Your word is truth. God has given to us here the secret weapon against your sin. The sword of the spirit, the blade of godliness is the Bible. Use it, feast on it, be regular in it. Friends, read much of it, read, read, read large amounts of it, try and get the, the New Testament read in one month. It's not that hard at all. You can do it with discipline. Read the whole New Testament in one month. Read the whole Old Testament in two months. Again, not that hard. It takes discipline. Uh, read the whole Bible every year and, and, and study deeply in the Word of God each day doing your devotions. Have a good devotional book. Have discussions with friends. Be in a fellowship group. Be in church where the word is being preached. All of these things are important. Are you practically putting them into practice? 
And are you walking in the way of God's commandment so that you can kill the sin of your flesh, so that you can mortify the sin of pornography and walk in holiness to the Lord?